You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, happy Tuesday. It's Packernet After Dark. Is it Tuesday? I don't know. It's a, it's a day of joy and wonder and splendor. It's a day... To behold, carpe diem, so they say, seize the day. Didn't mean to go all Dr. Seuss on you. Uh, why don't we do what we usually do and answer some calls? We do, in fact, have a lot of calls. Let's see if we got any newbies in the house. We do. Newbie number one, what's going on? Playa, playa. Hey, Ryan, and this is uh, Bryce from Phoenix. What up? I just had a couple thoughts. Uh, you know... A wide receiver wouldn't fix everything, and I'm not making that claim by any stretch, but let's be honest. If we had a guy out there running some good routes, not running into other receivers, catching the passes, I don't know. That might make things look a little more competent. The defense wouldn't feel like they've got to, you know, overplay everything, be so aggressive. They could just kind of buy into the Joe Barry team because right now, Boy, it feels like they're trying to do everything on defense. Yeah, I, I just, I kind of struggle with that for a lot of reasons. I get it to some extent, but I, I there's so many reasons why it, it. Number one, how many different guys had drops in this game? Dobbs had a drop. Lazard had a drop. Uh, Aaron Jones had a drop. I think Dylan had a drop. I mean, it would probably be easier to go through who didn't have it. I think five different guys PFF said had drops. Let me let me just look. According to this, you've got uh, Amari, Romeo, Tunyon, Lazard, and Aaron Jones all had a drop in this game. Sorry, Dylan, didn't mean to throw you in. Somebody on Twitter told me he had a drop. I apologize. So you get a new guy in, and let's say he replaces, I don't know, Amari. All right, so Amari doesn't isn't there to drop that pass. Romeo still drops it, Tunyon still drops it, Lazard still drops it, Aaron Jones still drops it, and we might as well add Dylan because he's had like two, three drops and two fumbles. You see what I'm getting at? Just on that one point, number two, and there's probably a lot more than this, but let's just go through a couple issues. And and, and you're right to an extent that it's going to help, but to what percentage and what degree, I just don't think it's going to be a lot. Number two, I think guys are open a lot. A lot. 
they're not getting the ball, and or or he's throwing it, and they're terrible passes. The throw to Sammy, way over his head. I mean, it's every single week these guys are, especially if it's down the field, he cannot hit anybody that's open. And on top of the drop, some of these, these some of these easy passes are way off target. So the passing is not good. So some of those, whoever this stud wide receiver is, I don't know who he is, is going to come in. He's probably going to have some drops too because the passes are just not where they're supposed to be. I mean, some of the the quote unquote drops by some of our receivers, I I hate to blame them for it because that 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 play had no chance. I mean, when you barely have a step on a guy, that ball needs to be out in a way where only I could, my outstretched hands can reach it, and you're throwing it at my thighs. Bro, <laughs> the, the defender's going to come in and punch that out, and, and does. But I think my biggest overall issue with it is the biggest reason we need it is because we're running a lot of the Aaron Rodgers, Mike McCarthy offense. And we especially did it this... Well, I didn't mean to throw my pen. I was trying to use that to... Really illustrate and wave my hand around. You can't see that, but I still feel the need to do that, and I need my pen back. Need need to be pointing. I'm very animated when I do the podcast. I launched my pen, and I, and I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that I mean, f- there was I think three series in a row where we were going backwards right out of the gate. We went from first and ten to first and twenty. The next series, you know, and then we punt. Next time we go out there, we go from we we lose six yards from Aaron Jones. We end up getting a first down, the very first play, penalty. We go back again. Next series, same thing. We go backwards three times in a row. And I think when we're behind, then we go into shotgun spread them out mode. The point is, when we run sort of this Matt LaFleur offense, guys are open. Guys are, are you know, I mean, it's, it's all schematic. I'm not saying 100% of the time, but it's, it's not dependent on going out and getting OBJ. I'm not saying OBJ couldn't run maybe a better route or be a little bit more open or, or run the route a little better, maybe, which would be point number five is we have to get them caught up to speed. Are they going to be, you know, understanding what they're supposed to do and understand Rodgers and his 16 different plays that he expects you to know on a moment's notice? And, if you know, if I, if I do a half boot, you run this way. If I run a full boot because of pressure, you're supposed to telepathically know that, that I'm under pressure and break off your route and run a sale route instead of a post route or whatever. Like, is, is, is OBJ, I know he's a veteran, but... Still needs to learn that stuff, I guess. But I, I guess my biggest issue with that would be that we're kind of conceding that we're just going to run the Aaron Rodgers offense, which doesn't work. I mean, we got rid of Mike McCarthy because defense has figured that out in like 20, what, 2016, 17? I mean, it started, started to see the cracks in 2015. 2016 was a good year. 2017 was the injury, which we thought was the entire problem, despite the fact that we had other issues and whatever. Uh, but 2018, we realized, nope, this the, the wheels fell off. But Rodgers loves it. He thinks it's the most beautiful offense in the world, and he wants us to go out and get wide receivers. And we we just load up on wide receivers, and we say, screw these running backs, and we spread everybody out, including the running backs, and then we send them down the field, and then me with my perfect timing and my perfect accuracy and these wide receivers with their perfect route running, I can just force feed these guys all day, and it's going to be beautiful, wonderful magic. No. Screw your scheme. Screw your wide receivers. Screw all that stuff. Matt LaFleur, run your play, have your guys run your plays, and let's just keep this offense moving. If you want to go get a wide receiver, fine, whatever. But it's, it's, it's only going to encourage making worse decisions. It's just like I was talking about before, where Aaron Rodgers is not a, he's not, how do I say that? We're not going to get a better quarterback, I don't think, if we go get somebody else or bring up love or whatever. But there are things that will necessarily happen that'll be better. As a result of Rodgers not being the quarterback, number one, we're not running Rodgers' scheme anymore. Yay, celebration. 
things like running the ball more will happen, more of Matt LaFleur's scheme, more, you know, schematic everything, because just like we had to scheme to protect Rodgers from this bad offensive line, which I think was a bad decision because we didn't realize how good the offensive line would be, and then we never decided to get away from that, like, hey, these guys are doing a good job. We don't have to, like, run all these screens all day long, but we never, that's a whole separate issue, I guess. But but again, like that the, the fourth and one play where we threw the ball, we wouldn't do that. So necessarily by Rodgers being there, worse things are happening. Just a reality. Not saying we need to get rid of them. I'm just pointing it out. Similarly, by going out and stacking wide receivers and tight ends and just loading up talent, we're conceding that the we're just we're 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 not going to play the way Matt Lafleur wants to play, and we're going to play the way Rodgers wants to play because now we have the weapons to do it. And I don't want to concede to that. I want him to concede that this way of playing sucks. I'm sorry that you think it's beautiful, but what I'm watching is ugly and it doesn't work almost every single time that I'm watching a play be successful, it's very clearly a Matt LaFleur play. And every time you watch and go, what the heck are we doing out here? It's it's a, it's a like I'm being teleported back to 20, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. It's one running back, one tight end, three wide receiver. It's 11 personnel. It's, this, it's what we ran out of shotgun 99.99999% of the time under Mike McCarthy. And if you got the dogs to run it, it is nice. It's beautiful. It's great. It's all that. Even though I don't know if that's even going to work in the NFL today because that's kind of an antiquated thing. You know, there's a lot of turnover and people are doing new stuff and we don't need to be going backward. But yeah, if you got the guys, if you got Devontae and then low, I mean, if we still had Devontae and we got Dobbs and we got some other studs in here and we wanted to go get OBJ on top of Devontae and whoever else that we really like, dude, let's do it. I'm watching some of these routes where they're running these little dig routes or they're in routes or whatever. And you know if it's timed up right and you got a guy that that just breaks off his route and gets that half a step and, and we're just in sync with the timing and everything, yeah, that's that's 10 times out of 10, Devontae's going to catch that and go running for 25 yards. This ain't Devontae. This is Romeo Dobbs. He's a half a step slow. He stutters coming out of his break. And he doesn't get that separation. The guy's blanketed. And although we got two other guys wide open, you're not looking because in your mind, dude, this is I've done this 50 times a year. We've run this route, and based on their defensive alignment, this is a guaranteed 25-yard play, and he doesn't give up. I, 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 I just went through the first half of the game. I can't tell you. It's like every single play he throws the ball, there's no progressions. There are no progressions. The only time there are progressions are when he has to break the pocket, and now he has to go find somebody else. But if he's throwing to somebody, that's the only guy he's looking at. I, I just, it's, it's stupid. And I just don't want to concede that and say, you know what, fine, screw it. We're just going to play Rodgers' way. We're going to do it his way. Then I guess we have to go get more talented wide receivers, even though, again, that doesn't fix everything because we're not going to get enough wide receivers. One guy ain't going to do it, and there's not a good enough guy to go do it. you got to get like a top five like Devontae. Otherwise, you need several. We don't have several. We also don't have tight ends. We have running backs that we refuse to use. That also doesn't fix our offensive line issues. It doesn't fix our quarterback issues, our other wide receiver issues, our tight end issues, our defensive line issues, our edge issues, our linebacker issues, our safety issues, our corner issues, our coaching issues, our culture issues. One wide receiver fixes none of that stuff. So that's my issue, I guess. But I get what you're saying. We, we will be a better team. But it's just, no, no. It's too much for too little for, for a 2% boost in, in the team where we still lose and still get frustrated. We're just paying somebody else to suffer with us. And by the way, as much as nobody wants to admit it, we already did this. We got Sammy Watkins. Well, that doesn't count because he sucks. First of all, no, he doesn't. 
Second of all, if you really think there are guys out there that are a lot better than Sammy, you're out of your mind. There just are not. The biggest knock on Sammy Watkins isn't that he's a bad receiver. I mean, he's clearly underperformed based on his draft status. His biggest issue is that he's unhealthy. But guess what? He's healthy and he's playing football right now. This is about as good as you get for going out and getting a free agent. This is, this, this is a, an issue that I have with fans all the time is they always want you to do something and then you do it. And it's like, well, don't do it like that, right? You, I want the team to go all in. And then they go all in and, and it doesn't work. And they're like, well, I didn't mean like that. I meant go all in and win. I meant go all in and get a wide receiver that helps you that's just dominant and stuff. Well, that guy doesn't exist. That guy was Devontae and he left. And we can't afford Devontae anymore because as soon as he left, we took that money and paid other guys like Devondre Campbell and Razul Douglas. So that money's spent. So all we can do is go out and get some scraps. We can go get a second Sammy Watkins if that's what you want. I'm not trying to pick on you, Bryce. I'm just, I'm just saying this is, these are my hangups. I'm with you that, yes, we got to do something and this will make us better. And they'll, they'll be better route runners, catch more passes, and probably get more. You're right. And, and maybe just that little extra spark will kind of get more sustained drives and all that. But it's just, it's in my mind, it's 2%. It's a 2% increase. And we're also going backwards because now we're going to be playing more Rodgers and less Lafleur, And that, in my mind, makes us a worse team overall. And I just don't want to concede to that at all. Sorry, continue. And sometimes that's not working. I guess the other thing, too, is it's not totally that. I mean... I can easily admit that we should run the ball more. Yeah. Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon need more touches. And Aaron Rodgers, uh, he could probably throw a couple more accurate passes again. Yeah, and I, I want to touch on the running thing, too, because a lot of people will point out, well, the running isn't working, so, you, you know, you, you could talk about it all you want, but look at his yards per carry. Dude, the passing isn't working, but that isn't dissuading us from passing every single down. You know, just do it. Well, it's not working. Nothing's working. But these are your superstars. You lean on them, right? When Devontae was here, what did we do? We force-fed the guy. Why? Because he's your superstar. Aaron Jones is your best player, right? That touchdown pass. I mean, it's just, he's, he's, he's legitimately one of our best receivers on the team. He's a premier running back. And, and yeah, sometimes the, the offensive line doesn't block very well and the run doesn't work. But if... 75% of the time, they block at least adequate enough to get positive yards. And let's say 25% of the time, they block really, really well to get big chunks. Run a lot, right? Well, we had, we had two negative plays, and I don't want to do that anymore. If you run 20 times, what does that equate to? 75% of the time, so we're talking 15 carries, you're getting positive yarded. 25% of the time, five carries, you're getting big-time yarded. These are big, explosive plays that we need. And it's a higher percentage than you're going to get while passing the ball. And it's also going to help you pass the ball. I know it's not working. Nothing is working. You just got to close your eyes and do it because eventually he's going to pop one. And I don't know that that's going to happen with the offense in terms of passing. We've seen this offense try and 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 never get it done. But if you run, it's coming. I'm telling you it's coming. And you know that, but when you give the guy freaking eight carries, yeah, maybe sometimes in eight carries, he's only going to get 2.9 yards per carry because it's only eight. Same with Dylan. Four carries? He might be a, a smaller percentage. Maybe he's, he's a, a one in five, one in six guy. But give him the carries. It's coming. And, and, and by the way, we're going we're gonna to take off a little bit of clock. We're going to wear down their defense. We're going to give our, our defense a rest, which they desperately need, especially when we're playing teams like the last two weeks where they're playing a light box. You guys talk about execution all the time. You know what? You just need to execute. This is it. 
You're facing a six-man box. I don't care if it's not working. Make it start working. You can't block this? You can't find a hole in this? Come on, man. These are, these are lame excuses. Well, it's not working. Well, dude, passing isn't working. You're lying. You're lying. If something wasn't working and you just gave up, we would forfeit every game this year because nothing is working. Well, we can't run, so we're just going to pass. Well, the passing isn't working. I don't know what we're going to do now. I guess we'll just try punting every down. Why are you punting? It's first down. I don't know. Passing and running aren't working, so we can't do it anymore. It's physically impossible, according to Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur. It's not working, so we just had to get away from it. B.S. It's not how that works, and you know it. So, it's a collective issue, but I think a wide receiver would definitely be a move in the right direction. Anyway, that's all I got. Thanks. Bye. Yeah, it, again, my stance is the same as it was before. If you can demonstrate to me that that's going to bring us to Super Bowl contention, fine. And, you know, may, maybe that's just the missing sauce, but just just the way that I'm viewing the issues, I just see that complicating things. And it's another guy that doesn't understand things that's going to encourage us to go in the wrong direction. I don't know. I just, I don't see it. I really don't see it being a a prominent, real help. I think we have a good team, and and I and I will be much more open to it if we go into Buffalo and play really well, and we're we're down to the wire, and we're just short, and we just can't quite get across the finish line. That is what I would call demonstrating that we're one wide receiver away, and now we can have that conversation. The defense did a good job. The offense did a good job. The special teams did a good job. We're competitive with the, the, the very clear best team in football. It's not really close. The Buffalo Bills are that team, and if we are competitive and the very clear issue is a lack of wide receiver talent, that's when you pull the trigger and do it. I just don't think that's going to be the case. I don't. Again, I'm watching the game, and I'm seeing guys open, and Rodgers not throwing to them. We can get the guys we have open. Matt LaFleur can get them open. Rodgers can. Because Rodgers says, you're going to run this route. This guy's going to be on your heels, and you need to just beat him. Well, yeah, you're right. They're probably not good enough to do that. None of them are, I don't think. Watson has the ability to use his speed to get down the field, but that's about it. They're, they're not developed enough. Dobbs is, is, is decent, but he just I'm not seeing him breaking ankles and just coming out of his breaks and just being you know open. He's not that guy, at least not yet. So... You know, insofar as if, if we're going to say that we are just going to keep playing this way, then I, I guess we have to if we're going to keep, you know, trying for this season. But I can't I can't get there. I, I've changed my mind a lot this season on a lot of different things, depending on how things develop. I may change my mind, but right now I'm very far away from that. Um, just, you know, again, because I can't connect the dots between that and, you know, us being a real serious contender at this point. All right, new caller number dose, and I think this is the last one. If I scroll around, we got a lot of calls here, so I'll try to be less talky. Go ahead, new caller. Hey, Ryan, this is Dan from Sierra Vista, Arizona. Dang, another Arizona uh, guy. Long what time a... listener. Thank you. A supporter this year, but my first time calling. Thank you. I, I listened to the show earlier, and you asked the question, how to be a fan of a bad team. There we go. My friend, I can help you out with that. All right. I started watching the Packers in 1972 and basically had to wait 20 years for them to be any good. All right. But during that time, we used to get excited watching for the individual plays that would make it exciting. Uh, things like when Johnny Gray was a safety and 
seeing who he was actually going to knock out yes. in the game. So there are little things like that that you see. Lynn Dickey to, to uh, uh, Lofton was always interesting. So you just have to pick the individual players and the individual plays and appreciate them, knowing that you're just not going to have a winning season. You know, and I, and I had kind of mentioned that as, as an option in terms of, you know, you just watch and you enjoy the positive plays because they're coming, especially with this team, which, which you know, <laughs> no reason why there shouldn't be most, but but let's just forget about this team and say we're headed toward a dark era or whatever that Bears fans keep telling us. I can see that. You know, you're going to always have some stars or some good players. You know, even if things completely fall apart, you're going to have Rashawn just blowing people up. So I, I, I get that. It's it's a complete mind shift, and it's going to be hard to do. But I do understand what you're saying. And, and, I, and I think to an extent, um, it can be more enjoyable because you're not stressed about every single facet. I don't have to worry about every single team, where our standings are, I mean, social media will make it brutal because everyone's just going to be a complete D-bag, but I'll probably just not spend as much time on there. Um, and, uh, yeah, you just, like you said, you, you root for your guys and your players and, and your team, and that's it. And just keep your fingers crossed that maybe things will get better, I guess. I don't know. However, a couple things about the game uh, with the Red or not the Redskins, but rather the uh, Commanders. Yeah. I was impressed with the O-line. The new arrangement, yes. thought they did pretty good. I think uh, it's time to sit Rogers, put him on IR for a stone for six weeks, and let's see how Love does. Because let's be honest, we ain't making the playoffs. That's a it's, it's a thought I haven't really. It's a nice compromise, you know what I mean? <laughs> like you got people that are like, let's bench him because he's a bum, and I want to see what Love can do. And other people are like that's stupid. We have the back to back MVP. You can't do that. How about we compromise? The dude is hurt. It's compromising his throwing ability. Let's do what we're doing with Christian. You know, give him a couple of weeks to heal up and get back on track. And I don't think that the uh, the pro Rogers contingent would be okay with that. But I think that's a fair. I think that's a fair uh, option. As far as the receivers, Lazard is banged up again. But put Tory Dobbs and Amari out there, and let's see what we got. Give yeah, them all right. the playing time with love that they can get. Uh, Amari probably didn't get any development because of Randall Cobb being there. So let's yeah. see what we got. Other than that, just going to appreciate those uh, individual plays week to week and go pack go. Yeah, I think I think this this week especially will be good practice, and I'm I'm trying not to get to the point where I'm just ruling out a uh, a victory over Buffalo. But let's just say it, it, this is probably going to be a good opportunity to learn to appreciate just the the individual play to play facets of the game right disregard the scoreboard and just watch him play and just hope for that sack that pick that first down the big play down the sideline whatever it is that's what i'm going to try to do this week hey ryan i wanted to get this call in for sunday night show and didn't end up working out for me couldn't make that happen so my church does not currently have a uh, music director. All right. He used to have one. And he left uh, a couple months ago, moved to a different state. And so they're looking for a new one. And the answer to the question is yes, I will be your music director, but go on. And in the meantime, they don't have anybody like leading 
the music at my church. Yeah. And so it's interesting to go in there on Sunday and hear the members of the band playing because I know how good they have sounded in the past. And they're terrible. <laughs> and, I, you know, you look at you know, the guitar player, still knows how to play guitar. The drummer still knows how to drum. The uh, gal who sings still, does, still knows how to sing. But nobody's leading them. No one's directing them and holding them to any kind of timing and um, organization. So every Sunday, they go in there, and it's kind of this amusing comedy of errors. They don't sound right. They're all out of sync with each other. They don't know what the person next to them is doing. And so some of them are singing different parts of a song. They're singing out of timing with each other, singing different keys. Uh, they don't they don't know what part of the song that they are in. Um, and it struck me this morning that it's like watching the Packers play. There's no leadership. They don't know each other. You know, you watch the, the secondary play. You watch the receivers play. They don't know each other. Rodgers doesn't know his receivers. <sighs> normally I would pick on the offensive line, but they had a good day. But I normally would say these offensive linemen don't know what the guy next to him is doing. So, oh, man, I, I do blame the coaching. I'm also ready to be done with the Rodgers thing. I think he's part of the problem. And, yeah, you know, maybe get him some wide receiver help. We'll fix it, but I don't know if I care. <laughs> I'm being honest. Yeah, I, that that last part in particular kind of sums it up a little bit where I'm at. Um, that's a, that is a good analogy, by the way, in terms of and, – and I think we can see that, you know, in terms of we know the talent is there but it's just not coming together. They're not working together. And, and and again, I don't know where to go other than the coaching, whether that's the position coaches or the head coach. I would assume the head coach because it's not a position that's a problem. It's the team overall. But, um, yeah, and, and you know, I, it's hard with Rodgers because I don't know, man. I mean, I, I, I know we're not getting what we should get for what we're paying the guy. I I can't believe that people would defend otherwise. I mean, if you want to say we're not going to find better, fine. I agree with that. We're not going to we're not going to get better from Love. That's I mean, we we've seen Love play. You know what I mean? I mean, he's come in and it's been a complete disaster. Uh, I don't imagine it getting better. Maybe it does. I don't know because we're kind of a disaster right now. Um, but it's not necessarily the point. It's just. If this is what it's going to be, and this is what we're going to get from a quarterback, let's at least have, you know, it's, it's kind of like when you're a kid and they say, if you're, if you're crying, they're like, I'll give you something to cry about. You know, if, if you're going to suck, at least give them a reason to suck. Let's at least, you know, the Bears offense isn't looking good. Well, yeah, they trying some stuff. You know, Tevin's playing guard and Justin Fields is their quarterback. I mean, Equinemius is their wide receiver. And, you know, it's kind of a jumbled mess. But let's see if we can get these jumbled pile of garbage to come together and play and lo and behold they hang 30 on the freaking patriots dang it so mad that i remember to watch i was like oh the bears game is out we gotta watch that i can't believe it we're missing it turn it on 
with like an hour left, and I saw they were up like 24 to freaking whatever. It's like, you've got to be kidding me. But they figured it out. If we're going to be bad, at, let's at least have a reason. It's because we're trying to what? It's because we're trying to, I don't know. It, it just, I, I think a lot of us are just to the point where it's like, if, if you're not going to deliver a high quality team, then let's stop pretending we are. Let's stop striving for that. And let's go in a new direction. We know we have to do it soon anyways. We know that that's coming, this, this general turnover. We've got the young receivers, the young quarterback, the young budding stars that are sitting on the bench because the old guys who know what they're doing and, you know, they, they, they're going to take us to the promised land. Well, they're not. And we see that. So let's do something else. I'm saying I get that sentiment. You know, it just, it, it I, I, I'm not as down on Rodgers as a lot of people. I'm also way more down on Rodgers than a lot of people. Um, but I, I will say when you hear things like, as long as you got Rodgers, you got a shot. It just kind of makes my skin crawl at this point because it's like, that's so unbelievably far from the truth right now because the offense looks just pathetic and he is right in line with it. I mean, when, when I watch Alan Lazard let a ball hit him right in the chest and bounce off or, or Dobbs or whoever, and you look and go, geez, we suck. That's exactly how I feel watching Rodgers throw the ball. When, he, when it's burning into the ground on a 10-yard pass, like, dude, we are just the worst. And, and it, it's not like, well, you know, he's good. He's just not like 50 million good. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying he is like bottom of the barrel trash. Maybe not all year, but this last game, I, I don't know what to say. Like, th- this is this is bench Mac Jones for Bailey Zappi bad. I didn't even see that happen, but I mean, that's that's what we're talking about. Like, we, we you know, it, it, let's, uh, let, let's just be completely honest. Let's do a thought experiment. JJ, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm going off on my own little thing here. Kind of. I mean, you did say you're ready to move on from the Rodgers thing, but let's let's do an experiment. Let's pretend that it's not Aaron Rodgers that's playing. It's somebody else. In fact, let's let's do this. Let's let's say this is a parallel universe. You know how that that stupid somewhere out there is a universe in which the thing which I think is BS, but apparently we're just all supposed to accept that. So there is a universe out there in which Aaron Rodgers did leave. He's gone. Dang, man, he retired. It's crazy. And Jordan Love stepped up. But guess what else happened? We drafted a quarterback. We drafted a guy. Can you believe it? We drafted a quarterback. Who? I don't know. Who are the quarterbacks this year? Doesn't matter. We got one. Pickett. All right, we got Pickett, not Pittsburgh. Pickett's on the bench. Jordan Love took over. And up to this point, every single pass, every single decision, every single micro fraction of a movement that took place instead of being Rodgers was Jordan Love. Is there a single Packer fan that wouldn't be screaming, bench Jordan Love and play Kenny Pickett? The only reason on planet Earth that everybody that is defending Rodgers is defending Rodgers is because the name on the back of his jersey is Rodgers and his number is 12. That's it. Oh, you're an, that's Aaron Rodgers. He does magical things. He's not doing it. Yeah, but he does it. It's hidden in there. You just can't see it. The magic is in the play, and it's everybody else's fault. Those exact people would be screaming for Jordan Love to be benched because they're Rodgers defenders, not and generally people that really like Rodgers really hate Love, usually, not always. But they would be the loudest proponents of benching that quarterback that is now transformed from Rodgers into Love and playing Kenny Pickett. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me that there is a single defense other than because he's Rodgers for defending the quarterback and the play that we've seen. 
What what is one thing that that guy has done that's special? MVP quarterback, right? What, is he is he top three in any category anywhere? Yards, no. Yards per attempt, no. Touchdowns, no. Um, interceptions, no. Not even interceptions, no. PFF grade, no. PFF passing grade, no. He's not even top 10. He's 11th. Big time throw percentage, he is 5th, which is great. Turnover worthy plays, he's 5th. I mean, 5th from the bottom, so that's nice. Adjusted completion percentage, 13th. So, I mean, you can't even blame the drop. Well, he's all the drops, that's why the completion... No, adjusted removes those. He's still 13th. Matt Stafford, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Kenny Pickett, Kirk Cousins, Pat Mahomes, Geno Smith, Matt Ryan, Bailey Zappi, Ryan Tannehill, Jalen Hurts, Daniel Jones. Higher completion percentage. NFL passer rating, he ranks 9th. Deep passing grade, he ranks 17th. Intermediate passing grade, he ranks 10th. Sorry, 15th. Short passing, we know he passes short a lot, but is he good at it? His grade, he ranks 14th. He ranks 10th and passes behind the line of scrimmage. He's not even top 10 in that. Aaron Rodgers grade under a clean, in a clean pocket. He ranks 26th. We keep talking about the offensive line needs to get better. When he has no pressure, he's the 26th best quarterback. Awesome. Justin Fields is 24th. Just honestly ask yourself that question. If it wasn't Rodgers and if it was somebody else, if it was a new young quarterback that was putting out this level of, of, of competence at quarterback, would you be as adamant that he needs to stay? Or is it just because he's Rodgers? Is it the play on the field or is it the name on the jersey? Be completely honest. Hey, it's Takashi from Virginia. Hey, man. Um, I just listened to your um, your podcast this morning, and the whole, you know, where do you find that balance kind of deal between yeah. being a positive fan and all. Honestly, it, it, realist, being a realist is just, it, it, it's the only way to really do these things. I, I don't know. I understand that a lot of people have that, hype and all that stuff and that works for them that's kind of that you know the Aaron Rodgers positives oh. uh you know wording creates and real world and all that kind of crap I I just nah I don't think so um when it comes down to it 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 just doesn't work and uh I mean whatever floats your boat honestly that's just kind of how it has to be but you know at the end of the day um this is this is you have to you have to look at where we are and just kind of work from there and uh, maybe it is time to do you know kind of change things on the line and adjust things and do things that we wouldn't do normally to see where we are for the future and I just I know that some people don't like that and people you know are going to look at it and say that we have given up entirely and honestly giving up at this point has already been at this point long gone well right i mean that that's that's a fair point um i mean first of all it's it's not people look at it like oh you're just being a baby you're being dramatic i'm really honestly just trying to be pragmatic what is the best next step moving forward based on the information i have that that genuinely is what i'm thinking about and there's just nothing really appealing about keeping things the way they are if this is the product. It seems like the wrong decision. And I understand that a lot of people are like, well, it's going to get better. Well, I don't believe that. I know it might, but I, I, I have no real reason to believe that. It's sub-50% in my mind that things are just going to magically get fixed. And again, considering how close we are to having to make this decision, to, to, for this decision being made for us, 
you know, we're not talking about, you know, Pat Mahomes like is, is struggling, so we need to move on. I mean, that guy's going to be around for a long time. So there's a lot of time to fix it. We got like this year with Rodgers. There's a very good chance he's not coming back to this garbage. So use that as the metric. Just, just you know, let's just pretend it's not going to get better and Rodgers is going to retire after this year. With that as your basis, let's just for argument's sake, what is the next best step? And also to your point, it is a little unfair to say we're giving up. Who gave up first, the team or us? We're just responding to what we're being given. Is that, is that untrue? The team has given up. They're not playing, clearly not playing near their standard. They're not playing at a level that says they want to even come close to winning the division, to, you know, uh, getting into the playoffs, certainly not winning a Super Bowl. So you've given up. Cool. I get it. I'm, I'm just receiving the message and trying to figure out where to go from here. I'm not giving, I'm, you know, I'm not the one giving up. I don't think. It's completely random example. But, you know, if, if you're, let's say you're stranded out in the middle of the rain and you call your friend and your friend says, hey, um, I know I said I was going to pick you up. I'm not going to be able to pick you up. You're going to have to find another way to get home or to get out of that rainstorm that you're standing in. And then they hang up. If I start calling other people, and trying to make arrangements to get out of the rain some other kind of way, it doesn't really make sense for somebody to be like, oh, you're just going to give up on your friend? What do you, what do you mean, give up on my friend? No, they, they're not coming. I have to make new arrangements. we got to figure out a new plan here. It doesn't make any sense to just, you know, hang up the phone and be like, no, nah, I'm just going to stand here. He'll, he'll be here. No, he just told you he's not going to be here. Now, again, I, it's not a direct, the team isn't officially saying we're giving up, but I'm pretty sure we've got that message loud and clear. They're not going to do it. So, just, all right, fine. Fair enough. This is how you want to play it, then okay, that sucks. I guess well let's figure out what we do from here. But staying this course probably is not going to be it. We already look given up. Yeah. So you know, people can stay positive and all that jazz. But I would be more positive for the future. Because you do put a point on about the team if there's some random people put on a uniform or something like that. Yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, it's like this is not like the NBA where people follow LeBron James for no reason. No. You know, they don't care about the team. They just follow LeBron James for stats or whatever. Uh, this is the uh, Packers. And, you know, I'm 31. I've, you know, I don't really remember the team being horrible. Right. So, yeah, when, you know, it's concerned like we're bandwagons or, you know, fair weather fans or whatever like that. It's just that we just kind of have these, expectations especially as a stockholder as an owner i mean it's just kind of like you have expectations i mean jerry jones has expectations anyway uh yeah so yeah it was an interesting podcast but i just kind of wanted to chime in about the you know you're being too negative being too positive kind of crap it just seems kind of over overplayed and well if they want to r-e-a-l-i-x or whatever they can do that themselves but realistically we just have to look at what we're seeing no. Thanks again. Go back, Joe. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, that's my perspective, um, and and I think that's also a very good point as far as I'm I'm not being negative overall. I'm I'm being trying to be positive about the team, and you know, it's it's sort of that uh, I've mentioned it a few times, but the marshmallow test. You, you talk to a kid, I don't know, at a certain age, that five years old or whatever, and you say, "Would would you like to have one marshmallow now or two tomorrow?" The right answer is. Two, you're denying immediate self-gratification to get something better tomorrow, right? If, if somebody offered you 50 bucks today 
or $100 tomorrow, what would you do? The right answer, of course, is $100 tomorrow. It's not even close. But if you're obsessed with self uh, instant gratification, you would take the 50 bucks because you just want it now. And I feel like that's, from my perspective, a lot of this is fans failing the marshmallow test. They want something good today to the detriment of tomorrow. I mean, that feels like 75, 80% of the Packers fan base. Go out and buy, 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 and push back on. I mean, all these disastrous contracts are exactly what Packer fans wanted. They won't say that. They didn't say, well, I want them to ruin the salary gap. But, 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 but by extension of what they're asking for, this is what you get. And it's a disaster. And so, yeah, being positive and optimistic about the future is not being negative. That's ridiculous. Being excited about the next wave or the next quarterback or the next whatever. I mean, I understand people are different, right? I mean, maybe you're not into, you know, see people all the time saying, you know, I can't believe people do mock drafts this time of year. Whatever, man. People are into it. I don't I don't know why you're not. I think it's kind of fun. I think some people are just wired that way. We, we like, I'm one of them. We like the idea of building and constructing, creating, you know, how would we structure this? How, how do we fix this? What do we do? Other people aren't wired that way. They're, they're just, this is my team. I love my team. I support my team. All right, cool. I love the team too. That's why I you know, want to fix it because it sucks right now and I like it better when it's doing better. I still support it. That's why I cheer for it. That's why I wear a Packer shirt during the Packer game because that's the team that I align with. You know, It's not like the Packers lose and I'm like, nah, I'm a Bills fan. No, that's how, that's how that goes. No, I, I want my team to succeed. I don't, you know, and th- there are parallels too with like parenting. You know, th- there are these ideas that if you love your kid, you'll support them in anything they do. That's sort of like the positive fan. I don't buy that. No, if you love your kid, you want them to succeed. You want to support and nourish positive things that they do. And you want to dis- discourage negative things. So if they do negative things, you don't support it. If they do positive things, you do support it. All right? Harvard good, heroin bad. You know, stuff like that. Well, I love my kid no matter what. No, no, no. I love the kid. No question. But that doesn't mean you have to support everything they do. You don't have to support them harming themselves or you or your family. You don't have to do that, right? Same with the team. I love the team. That's why I want them to do good things and be successful. I'm not going to support bad behavior, but to each their own, I guess. Anyways, uh, I'm going to start raising my rates, man. Every single episode now is an hour and a half long. Why don't we take a break here? Patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. Fertile Ground Ranch Discipleship Ministry at FertileGroundRanch.org. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. 
Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Hey, sunshine and rainbows, people. Uh, wasn't it great that the Packers were dancing and just having a great <laughs> time this last practice? And it's almost like there were people telling you that there were things wrong with this team and that we were not a good football team. And you just kept going all over Twitter saying everything is great. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's not, not great, is it? Things are bad. Uh, and I just want, I want to see you stop talking about it. Stop pretending like Rogers knows what he's talking about. I know he said, well, we can turn it or he says that every game, right? He said every week. Of course, we can turn it around. It's going to get better. Uh, we had a great practice, very spirited. It's the same thing every single time. We need to run the ball more. It's We've heard it about six, seven weeks in a row now. Yeah, it's, we, we understand. Same thing. Literally every game, every time he loses, every time he has a bad performance, we can turn it around, R-E-L-A-X. Now, sometimes he's right. He's not right this time. Yeah. I'm just going to tell you that right now. He's not right. Uh, we're not going to turn it around. Uh, this is a three game losing streak to three of maybe not the worst teams, uh, in the end of the commanders are definitely are, yeah. but you know, giants, they're, they're proving to be okay, but we can't, we can't lose to the commanders and expect ourselves to make a super bowl run. Just not, not a thing. Well, I think the commanders thing just kind of ruled out, you know, again, we, we the, the, prevailing talking point. And at this point it, it holds up very well because the jets and giants are doing very well, but the prevailing positive point was losing to them isn't that big of a deal. Now, it still is. Pretending that it's okay to lose to good teams is not okay because you're supposed to be a good team. You're supposed to beat good teams. Um, but still, I mean, that 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 narrative went right out the window as soon as we lost to the Commanders, in my opinion, right? I mean, that it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, we lost to the Giants, but that's only because they're really good. Then why did we lose to the Commanders? <laughs> I don't know. I uh, I don't know. That's a different thing. But uh, no, we're really we're really good. It's not a thing. So uh, maybe dial back to sunshine and rainbows, okay? Because you're you're gonna piss some fans off and you're gonna start something on Twitter. So let's just not do that. Go pack, go. Yeah, I think that's where a lot of the headbutting is coming in on Packers Twitter. The the positive and negative fans are really really colliding right now. Um, I mean, they always kind of did, but. Now it's it's completely shifted because it used to be the negative fans were they were just kind of jerks. You know what I mean? It's like the the team is doing great. We literally won thirteen games three years in a row, and they just would not stop. Gutekunst is stupid. Lafleur is stupid. Rogers is stupid. Everybody's stupid. Like, dude, if you can't enjoy this, what is wrong with you? Like, you gotta just touch some grass, bro. It's fine. You gotta find a way to enjoy this. And I, I literally would say. About this moment, I'd say, you know, someday things are going to be real bad and you're going to look back to 13 and 3 and realize that that was your moment. I mean, you're going to look back and say those are the good days and you sat and pissed and moaned and were miserable. The problem is we are now moving into their realm. This is their time to shine because things really are bad. But now you got positive fans refusing to accept it. Nope. Nope. And yeah, some people take it too far, but you're allowed to say, yeah, it's not that, but it is, it is bad. 
a lot of people just can't do it. And, and again, now it's, it's you know, it's just a, it's a weird dynamic because it used to be the positive fans were right, although sometimes they could be obnoxious as well, depending on what exactly they were saying. But it was always the negative fans that were just just inaccurate. You know, like you're wrong. You're incorrect. They're not anymore. And you've got two choices. You can accept that things are bad and, and acknowledge it. I'm saying, not saying you have to go full on negative and trash the team and be a jerk. And if that's not your personality, don't do that. But don't lie because you just don't want to cross over because you don't want to accept that these people you've been arguing with this whole time are now right. The people that have been screaming and spitting in your face as they scream about how Gutekunst is going to ruin this team and Rodgers is that, 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 that. And now they're sitting around gloating going, I told you, I told you for the last 30 years I've been predicting this. I like the doomsday preppers the day that it actually happens. What was it? I think it was uh, one of the libertarians out there. I forget which one said there was some kind of a line that I thought was brilliant, but it was something to the effect of uh, libertarians have correctly predicted 30 out of every two crises. <laughs> In other words, they're constantly predicting things are about to go horribly wrong. And then, you know, obviously once in a while it happens. And then they're like, I told you, see, I predicted it again. You're always predicting calamity. The stock market's always going to crash for you. The housing market is always going to crash. There's always a bubble. So yeah, you get a couple right. It's the same with the doomsdayers. So you know, whatever. They're, they're being obnoxious, and some of them are stupid. But you can't deny reality just because you don't feel like it. It is. It's right in front of your face. We lost to one of the worst teams in football. We could not get a first down, and you can keep making it. Well, we didn't because we didn't have a lot of attempts. Why didn't you have a lot of attempts? <laughs> because you suck? Because you're, you're getting penalties on first and 10, turning them into first and 20? Or because you get a, a negative six-yard run or a negative six-yard pass? And then you follow that up with a penalty, and is that why you're not getting first downs? And you're, you're using that, the lack of opportunities, because you punt every single time as an excuse for why that's a bad stat? No, that's a good stat. It's just maybe bad for a different reason, but it's still bad. You know, the, the, the Aaron Rodgers thing that I posted, cleanest pocket of any quarterback the entire season, and he had a 57-some-odd grade. Well, he only had a clean pocket because they got the ball out of his hand real quick. Why are you even saying that? You don't know, nobody that said that knew what they were talking about. They didn't research, they didn't get any of the number. So I had to go do it. And you know what? They were wrong. Every single step of the way, that, that doesn't add up. First of all, Rodgers is better when he gets the ball out of his hand quicker. So how does that, how does that make anything make sense? Because the, the thought process would be, if he's able to hold on to the ball, then the offense will work better. But he can't hold on to the ball. They're forcing him to throw it quicker, which makes the offense worse. No, the offense was better when he gets the ball out quicker. It was worse when he got to hold on to it. But here's the thing. There were 10 plays, which is roughly one-third of his plays, in which he did hold the ball for 2.5 seconds. And the offensive line allowed one pressure all game. And Rodgers was better when they did that. So there wasn't pressure, whether he held the ball or not. He was successful when he did hold the ball, or when he didn't hold the ball. They had options. They had a, The offensive line did a good job. You're just making excuses without knowing if what you're saying actually makes any sense. I understand you can poke holes in the fact that it's not fully, completely, you know, an enclosed statistic that you can poke holes in it like, well, that doesn't account for this, this, this. Okay, well then account for it. Or do I have to do that for you? I'm giving you the information. You don't like it, go go disprove it. Well, I don't feel like it. I just want to poke holes in it and just, then everybody jumps on it like, see, this is why stats are stupid. How do you know it's stupid? Did you look at it? Well, the offensive line did a bad job. They were just protected. No, they weren't. True pass sets. PFF accounts for it. It literally is for that reason. They all graded out very well with the exception of Elton Jenkins. 
It rules out things like getting the ball out quickly. Specifically rules that out. They still did a great job. Rodgers was terrible from a clean pocket. (laughs) But we got to defend. We got to, no, 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 you're wrong. You're wrong. And you don't know that they're wrong. If you want to go find information to try to disprove it, fine. But, but why are you even doing that? Did you watch us lose to Washington? Why do you feel the need to, to, to defend that? Just because you got to defend Rodgers? Just because you got to defend LaFleur? Just because you got to defend whoever your, your prized possession is? Why? Did you watch us lose to Washington? Now is not the time. Just like Nate is saying, now is not the time for all that. If you want to be positive, fine. You go be positive over there. I'm going to be over here. You can call it negative if you want. Just stating information. It's hilarious when somebody's like, I'm so sick of the negative stat. Okay, well, when the positive stats start rolling in, I'll let you know. But we just lost to Washington. There's nothing positive. Why would I give you a positive stat? The heck is the point of that? I'll give you positive stats when positive things happen. You just want positive for the sake of positive? It doesn't make any sense. But you can do what you want to do, and I'm going to do what I want to do. But if you're going to come argue with me when I show you that this is a historically bad statistic, and you don't actually know if there was anything actually positive, you just feel the need to poke holes. Well, that doesn't work because of this. Okay, well, if I go round it out and prove that you're wrong, will you admit you're an idiot? If I go patch up those holes for you and find the statistics for the offensive line when they do hold the ball for more than 2.5 seconds, when I find the statistics for when he gets the ball out of his hand quicker, when I go actually round this out because you demand that everything be perfect, when I go do all these things and prove that you're still an idiot, will you stand up and renounce your intelligence in front of everybody? No? Then shut up and leave me alone. Why don't you go do your own homework and prove that this is untrue and then come back? You don't want to. You just want to defend because you want to argue. You don't even know. You just know that you don't want Rodgers getting picked on. Listen, I, I, I have spent hours and hours and hours and hours defending Aaron Rodgers, depending on the situation. I, I, I don't pick sides. The only side I'm on is the side of what I believe is true. That's it. That's why I have thrown that man under the bus, run over him, put it in reverse, and run over him again right here on this podcast. And then I did the exact opposite. And I defended him over and over and over and over again. It depends where he stands in relation to what I believe to be the truth. And right now, I don't have anything wrong with him personally. I think the leadership sucks a little bit, but I think that's maybe overblown. I don't know. But the play is not good. And if you're going to sit here and defend his play, I don't know what to tell you. This is coming from somebody who did that for the first three weeks of the season. It's not him. It's the offensive line. It's not him. It's the wide receivers. I'm watching it. The offensive line got fixed. Didn't do anything. Well, that doesn't count. The wide receivers are open. Well, that doesn't count. You don't understand. I'm going to go find some quarterback guru that's going to explain that technically if he throws to that open receiver, the safety comes across and that gets picked off and that doesn't count. And I'm going to discount everything you say that says Aaron Rodgers isn't having a good day. Of course, he's not playing well. Good Lord. He can't throw to a guy five yards in front of him and you can't just accept that. Wow, that sucked. I don't get it. I just want to have a conversation about what's going on. We can have a disagreement, but some of the stuff is like, what are you talking about? How do you watch that game and and decide I am going to go on social media and defend to the death everything? It's it, it it's no different than what Bears fans were doing when when they they refused to say that they were going to be a good team, but if you ever pointed at any one area and said this sucks, they would defend it to the death. Justin Fields is not good. Oh yeah, da, 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 da. Can't talk about the wide receivers, can't talk about the offensive line, can't talk about the running back, can't talk about the defense. 
everything individually was great, but collectively they all, well, we're, we're going to be like a five-win team probably. That's what Packer fans do. That was a horrible game. I know, right? Rodgers was really, oh, th- th- don't talk about Rodgers. He was great. All right, well, the wide receiver, well, Matt LaFleur, no, no, you can't talk about him. I mean, Aaron Jones only had, how dare you? Dude, something is wrong. We lost. I mean, you, you can't just, you know, again, it depends who it is or whatever. Wide receivers are usually open season. And there's a couple things you're allowed to pick on. But if you think that's it, like we can only use the scapegoat, we can only ever make fun of wide receivers or talk about them. Although, again, we got to defend Dobbs. He's great. He's going to be elite. But the wide receivers suck. But Dobbs is great. But the wide receivers are terrible. You can't say Dobbs is great. Aaron Rodgers is great. Zach Tom is great. Josh Myers is great. David Bakhtiari is great. Aaron Jones is great. Jair's great. Kenny's great. Rashawn's great. Preston's great. Stokes is great. Amos is great. Devondre's great. And also acknowledge what we just watched on the field, right? Something ain't adding up, bro. Anyways, Nate's got a little more for us. Hey, back, Daddy. It's Nate uh, calling again. Hey. I just had to ask, or rather pose a uh, a question, I guess we could call it. Um, maybe it's more of a conspiracy theory. Yes. Now, I know uh, whenever you get into conspiracy theories, people are always like, no, no, there's no way that could happen. But right. I'm going to pose. That's what makes a good conspiracy. If everyone's like, yeah, it sounds legit, that conspiracy theory sucks. There's one about Rogers, and I want everyone to just remember who he is. Okay. He's kind of a, a spiteful for, well, for lack of a better word, he's kind of a spiteful. Um, <gasps> so keep that in mind. Keep it in mind that he did have Hold on. some serious. I want to go back and do that now. Cause I'm going to lose it. All right. Successfully bleep that continue. Serious issues with this organization. And let's keep in mind that he, uh, you know, did, uh, kind of seem upset about the Jordan love pick. Now, he wasn't able to get back at the team uh, back back at the time because he was under contract. So if you were Rodgers and you didn't really have many other options, what would you do? Now, the team was obviously, you know, got him to sign the contract. But if I was a spiteful person, would I come back and purposely pay, play terribly? Would I ask for a no-trade clause in that contract so even if the team wanted to get rid of me, they couldn't? Would I crash that team into the ground? I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying. Keep it uh, keep it in your mind. Um, most people wouldn't do that, but again, remember who you're talking about. The guy who loves to troll the media, troll fans, uh, that's his thing. So you can call it a conspiracy theory, but you, know, you never know. Go pack though. All right, we can play with that. Um, I'm not on the train, but again, that's what makes a good conspiracy theory. Um, so here, here's here's where that becomes super high-level genius. Aaron Rodgers is going to retire next year anyways. He's going to take that big old lump sum of money, massive pile of money, and he's going to walk off into the sunset. All the while, he has essentially gotten Brian Gutekunst and Matt LaFleur fired based on what we've seen here. So, yeah, high-level troll. I appreciate that. Dan, what's up, man? Hey, Ryan, this is Dan Dubois from Indy. Um, I haven't listened to your Monday morning episode yet. I see the title of it. I just want to say don't give up on the team. But um, my thoughts 
I really do appreciate the game breakdown between the Giants and the Jets where you're, like, pointing out what's going on with the, the offense, like, particularly the receivers. Like, they are coming open. Yeah. So my, what I'm getting to point at is um, the problem, it, it has to be Rodgers. He, he is the one checking out of downs. Like, we had 12 runs. 12 runs. So, um, I don't know if Rodgers is the one who's actually putting in the film. I don't know. He's been in the league 17 years. But do you think he actually knows every check down? Do you think he's actually practicing and watching film and trying to figure out the timing for his check downs, doing first read, second read, third read? Uh, personally, I don't think he is. You know, I, I just got done hour-and-a-half-long podcast for tomorrow. It's, I have a massive headache right now. It's brutal. Um, that's one of the main things that I talked about is Rodgers does not go through progressions. He doesn't. There, there is his primary read, and that's it. And it's either that, or if, if that doesn't happen, he scrambles, he breaks the pocket, and then tries to figure something else out. On the, the most famous play of the day that you've seen now 7,000 times if you're on social media the play to Romeo Dobbs that everybody's trying to figure out what the heck is going on. The part that is missed on that whole situation is that while Rodgers effectively throws the ball away, he has Alan Lazard open. That's another option for him, right? Well, Dobbs ran the wrong way or, or whatever. Well, maybe instead of throwing it away, you go to your second receiver who's basically right in front of your face. You rolled out to the right. There's a guy on the right side of the field. As the quarterback who's been in the league 17 years and understands the full route concept and understands that as you break the pocket, you're going to have guys coming to tackle you as well as having safeties going back because you're breaking the pocket. There's guys who are like drifting backwards because like, what the heck is going on? I want somebody getting behind me. Leaving Lazard wide open. And he decides to throw the ball away. I'm pretty sure that's what he's doing. If he's trying to get it to Dobbs, I don't understand how or why or what or what the thought process is on that. But that's that's an issue. How do you not see these guys that are open? And and I understand it's maybe not that easy of just having telekinetic powers and knowing who's open and who's not. But what happened to route progressions? What happened to first read, second read, third read? He's not there, move on to the next one. He doesn't do it. I have not seen him. I watched the first half of this game. I have not seen him do it once, aside from, again, breaking the pocket. But standing in the pocket looking there at your number one read saying that's not there. And then the whole, you know, there's mechanics to it. I mean, your whole body moves to the number two receiver, right? And this is all supposedly based on timing. I mean, that's his thing. We're basically running his offense in this game, which is why it sucked. Um, He's not doing it. I don't understand that. Like, I think he's, I think he mentally, he thinks he's reached a pinnacle to where he doesn't need to be doing that. I I kind of agree. I mean, it, it's it's everything he says publicly, you're watching it on the field, and it's like this all makes sense, right? He, he says that Lafleur's system is flawed, and, and his system or the, the whatever he said, what was it, Bill Polian or something? I don't remember. Might have just pulled that out of thin air. I have no idea. But that's the most beautiful system in the world. And you can just see that he really wants this to work because he knows it'll work if guys just do what they're supposed to do. But they're not. And he's trying to pretend that he's got Devontae. I mean, he this is this is the problem. We all said, I mean, I think I mentioned this on the, the video. We all said that this would actually be a benefit because now that Rodgers doesn't have Devontae, he's going to be forced to spread the ball around. We were wrong. 
He's not. I mean, yeah, different guys are catching the ball, so statistically it seems that way. But statistically, he's spreading it around while looking to the one guy every time. Every play, especially when, you know, I'm telling you, if you go back and watch the plays that look Matt LaFleurian, they are the successful play. There's motion. There's play action. There's all these things. The, the, the touchdown pass to Aaron Jones, the shovel pass, that was such, I mean, it's similar to the Mercedes Lewis one where it was a double play fake to Mercedes. This was a fake screen shovel pass to Aaron Jones. This is obviously a Matt LaFleur thing. But every time we get into like a second and long, we bust out the old Mike McCarthy play. 11 personnel, one running back, one tight end, three wide receivers. Spread them out and make them go. He looks at the the defensive alignment. He says, okay, this guy's going to be one-on-one. If he wins his route, I throw a good ball. This is automatic. And you know what? Back when you had Devontae, that was automatic. He's going to come run his little in, his dig, his drag route, whatever you call it. He's going to get that separation. You're going to hit him, and he's going to take off and run. It's going to be a 25-yard gain. You don't have Devontae anymore. You don't have that guy where if it's one-on-one coverage, this is a perfect play design, and it's going to work perfectly. You don't have it. You need to lean on Matt LaFleur and his scheme. I know you don't like it, and I know you miss tempo, and I know you think it's not as beautiful, and all these things. I don't care. He's obsessed. And, and, and all this talk about him saying, well, I'm always interested in wide receivers and all that. Of course he is. Because he wants to run his system, and he wants to get better receivers so that he can run his plays and his system, and he thinks that that's going to be the best thing for this team. He will not stop. He's, he's still playing as though Devontae's here. I, I, it's just, it's really, it's really, really broken. And it's not just him, right? There are drops, there are bad blocks, there are bad decisions and bad routes and all that stuff. But there is a very clear distinction between running the Mike McCarthy 11 personnel garbage and how it never works and just running the, the, the what I would consider beautiful Matt LaFleur scheme that just seems to be a thing that works. And it's that, that's what the problem is. Like, like you said, we're seeing wide receivers open left and right, and right. he's the one who's throwing into double coverage. Right. As though it's Devontae, and he does it to all his guys. It's not like he thinks Lazard is, is that good or he thinks Dobbs is that good. It's just a, a mindset because this is what he's always done. Because he's always run that one system, and he's always had those dominant receivers, and he's always, for the most part, had a really good offensive line. So he's got time in the pocket, and he's got his receivers. He has garbage running back, so why lean on them? None of them are any good. No disrespect to Eddie Lacy. He was a stud. But for the most part, Starks was decent too. But for the most part, he doesn't have stud running backs. They don't care. They don't need them. We're going to line up our guys, and I know my guy's going to beat your guy, and it's going to work. And he expects that from his guys, and it's not happening. And yeah, he's, he's pissed. And, and again, the, the Packers fans that support Rodgers look at that and say, well, he has a right to be. Well, yes and no. Yes, it's true that he, he doesn't have good enough receivers. But no, because we shouldn't be doing this. We shouldn't have been running those plays. That's the, that's the core problem here. If you want to retool this entire thing, fine. Let's give Rodgers a five-year extension, and let's just focus on wide receivers. we got to dump the running backs because screw them. We don't need them. We don't need a defense. We don't need anything. We need Rodgers. We need Rodgers to score 45 points with his wide receivers, and maybe we can go back and get him a tight end. Let's see what Martellus Bennett is doing out there. Maybe he wants to come back. Rob Gronkowski, I don't know. But um, go get him his two to three stud wide receivers and just let him run. And you know what? Maybe it'll still work. I don't know. If that's the direction you want to go, then fine. But that's stupid. That's so dumb. But we're watching it happen. 
And we're all just sitting here going, oh, that's weird. I don't know what's going on out there. That's weird. You can't tell me. And I understand, you know, if you if you don't have all 22, maybe it's not as record. We just see a guy that's covered not catching a pass. But you watch that all 22, and you can just see the alignment and go, that play ain't going to work. You just see him line up in 11 personnel. There's no motion. There's no nothing. 11 personnel, shotgun. And it's like, I've seen this for like a decade. I watched this. And I watched it fail for the last several years. And I, you know, 2018 was all 11 personnel. Line up, run down the field, fail. Line up, run down the field, fail. It was the most miserable, sickening thing ever. And now, you know, 40% of the time we run Matt LaFleur's scheme and it's moderately successful. 60% of the time, again, probably because we're just behind the sticks and we've conceded that when we are, we run that stuff. I don't know why, but that seems to be the thing we're doing. So we're running that 60% of the time and it never works. Go figure. And yeah, we abandon the run because we don't need that in the Mike McCarthy system. Oh. If someone's got two, maybe three people on them, you think no one else has zero to one, maybe one other receiver that they're... Well, that's, that's the other thing. You should, to some degree, know, based on, you know, you understand the routes, you know where guys are, you understand the defensive coverages... There should be a little alarm bell going off. I know you're looking right, so how could you possibly know the guy on the left is open? I don't know. Maybe you kind of know these things based on... I mean, when... when who, who was it? Was it Gruden doing that stuff? Where they had the Gruden talks, whatever, where you'd get the college guys in there, and they'd run through concepts, and, and the quarterback would be able to say, this is your guy here, and this is the guy here. You kind of know, based on what the defense is doing and what the offensive concepts are, who should be open and what you should be doing. Yeah, this is our guy here this is our hot this is you know whatever alert i don't know but you you understand these things and as you watch the defense do things and some of these are, are painfully obvious you'll you'll watch and say there was one play in particular that i'll highlight just as an example of yes you're exactly right we've run these wide receiver or the the running back uh i guess screens or running aaron jones run to the flat we throw we run that 10 times a game it feels like but we did one that was a little bit different we had, and it's actually very similar to the Sammy Watkins thing that I talked about, where he didn't block, he ran down the field, and we thought it was a mistake, and I'm, I'm thinking, I don't think it was. I think Rodgers was supposed to read that and say, if he drops with Sammy, then you throw to Dobbs. If he attacks Dobbs, you throw to Sammy, because he's wide freaking open down the field, he didn't throw to Sammy. Who was wide open down the field? How do you not read a simple coverage like that? There was another play like that, too, though. Tunyon is the blocker on this play. He runs over, fakes a block, and then cuts up the field. It seems to me very simple. And he, and he, he basically just runs up the field a couple yards, stops and turns around. But you have one defender. If he runs with Tunyon, you throw to Aaron Jones. If he runs to get Aaron Jones, you throw to Tunyon. Tunyon ran. Nobody ran with him. He stood there. He's 10 yards further down the field than Aaron Jones. He throws it to Aaron Jones. Nobody's blocked because, again, Tunyon was pretending to block and then ran up the field. Aaron Jones gets blown up six yards behind the line of scrimmage. Is, is, is that not a very basic concept that we've run at least twice now that Rodgers has thrown to the wrong guy, where one of the blockers runs up the field? Because you're putting a defender in an impossible situation. Either you run with me because, hey, I'm going to run free down the field, and then you leave this guy completely wide open, which is the right decision. You want the guy that's zero yards down the field to catch the ball, and then you rally to him. But that's, that's two times now. These are basic reads. You got one defender. If he goes forward, you go backwards. If he goes backwards, you go forwards. Both times they attacked the line of scrimmage, and we threw it to the guy at the line of scrimmage. I, I, don't, I don't understand that. 
I, I don't know what else to say other than this is very clearly the wrong decision by Rodgers. The only other option is Tunyon was supposed to block the guy and just decided, no, nah, I don't feel like it. I'm going to go run a route. But even then, shouldn't there be something in Rodgers' brain going, I don't know what you're doing, you moron, but Jones has got a guy barreling toward him, and you're standing there wide open. This is not the play design, but here, I guess, take it, right? Is that not an option? Are you so, like, ingrained and, like, that's not how it goes? Same with the Romeo Dobbs thing. Well, he was supposed to be over there. Well, he's not. Yeah, but he's supposed to be. Well, he's not. Well, I'm still going to throw it over there. Why? He's not there. He's supposed to be. But he's not there. He's not over there. Why don't you throw it where he, ah, I don't think I could throw it that far and it might get picked. Well, you don't have to throw it direct. I mean, you could throw it toward the middle of the field. That way, if he re- redirects to the ball, he has a chance to catch it, and the defender doesn't. Do you want to do that? No, I'm going to throw it over to the right side of the field. Why? That's where he's supposed to be. But, but he's not over there. Yeah, I know, but he's supposed to be. I'm going to freaking... Wow. Okay. All right. I don't I, I, I don't get it. They're slightly beating. So that's kind of my thoughts on it. And I just... I, it's such a delicate situation because, yeah, two back-to-back MVPs, Hall of Famer. How do you talk to this guy about this kind of situation? Or even worse... How do you be like, yeah, um, I'm going to have to have you sit out on this one. But, um, yeah, let me know what you're thinking. And I think, the, I think the Packers have backed themselves into a corner because they tried to do the whole thing where, you know, I'm the GM, he's the head coach, you're the quarterback, right? I do the personnel stuff, he does the play calling and the game planning, and you do the, the ball throwing. That's the delegation of powers. Rodgers threw a fit. And fans and everybody in the media threw a fit. How dare you? This guy has so much experience. Why would you not consult him on personnel matters? Why would you not want to work with him? So obviously, and and, and to some degree, yeah, you do want to, and you got to keep the guy happy and everything else. It it makes sense, but but they have backed themselves into a corner where they've gone to Rodgers, and they, they have just... They have bent themselves so far backwards. I mean, based the the contract they gave him, they sold their soul to Rodgers. And I think they've also done that, you know, again, now Gutekunst has to like meet with him every week and, and ask him his feelings and his thoughts and everything on, on how things are going. And, and Matt LaFleur has no power whatsoever to say, dude, you're going to go ahead and shut, shut your mouth. Okay. All these plays, you see this this half of the book that's your stuff? I'm burning it with fire. We're not doing it anymore. You want simplification? I'm ripping all your crap out of here because it sucks. We're not doing it anymore, okay? This is the playbook. This is what you're going to learn, and you can piss and moan about it all you want, but this is what we're doing. He can't do that, right? They have to have this collaborative effort where Rogers talks about what he's comfortable with and what he how he feels in the moment. And, and, and again, to some degree that makes sense, but it's very obvious at this point, what he's comfortable with is doing things the old way. That's what he likes. That's what he appreciates. That's what he wants. He wants tempo. He wants like, we got to do your plays are too long. Your plays are too stupid. There's too much emotion. I don't like it. We got to stop doing that so much. We got to get back to the old ways. This game against Washington, we went real heavy into Aaron Rodgers' old ways because we had to simplify and it was a disaster. It was a disaster. Again, they, they, they're backed into a corner. They're not able to tell Rodgers, I don't want your input anymore. They can't do that. 
So this is what we get. This is how it goes from now on. We got a billion calls, so I'm going to take a couple more here. Mitchell, what's up? Well, it's uh, Mitch from Canada. What's up, man? How you doing? Might as well call me the uh, angry Canadian at this point. Yeah, I dig it. Um, Yeah, very, very disappointing. (laughs) Loss. But you know what? I actually feel, weirdly, um, a little bit more confident after this game than I did after the Jets game. Um, I see a lot of blame on the defense. Uh, I, I really, it, it's really hard for me to put any blame on the defense. Uh, these guys are only giving up like 20 points and they're putting up points this week. Um, I mean, I know Jair had a couple terrible plays, I guess you could say. But um, when you're an aggressive corner like Jerry, I mean, that's what we want him to be. And I'm not even saying I want to see him in man all the time. Because um, I think that they, they have this the ability and the skill to get to guys in zone and this and that. It probably is execution. But I do like to see Jerry play aggressive and, uh, you know, a little bit more press man here and there than they were at the beginning of the year for sure. But Yeah, I'm going to just because there's a lot and I'm going to forget everything. Um, weirdly... As, as negative as I've been, because you guys get me fired up. One of the things that I'm going to say tomorrow is I feel the same way. This I'm much more encouraged by this game than I was the last one. Even though it's much more discouraging because we lost to Washington, but on a play-to-play basis, this felt better to me. There, there, there was a lot more catastrophic, you know, the Amari Rogers fumble that set him up for a field goal because we stopped him actually, from from getting a touchdown from the 17-yard line, I think it was. Um, But there were a lot of things that just felt smoother, cleaner. Um, The the timing with the offensive line and the tight ends and and the synchronicity of that. Mercedes Lewis, the way that he was coming off of his blocks and doing all that kind of stuff, it just felt good. You know, we're actually reaching linebackers. I haven't seen that all year. We're actually getting up to that level. Speaking of linebackers, way better performance from our linebacker. I mean, we've been talking about, like, best linebacker duo in football. A lot of stuff is sneaking under the radar because we lost to freaking Washington. But the fact is, that's what we've been expecting from those linebackers since day one, and we just got it, and nobody's talking about it because we're busy arguing about Aaron Rodgers. I haven't seen the second half yet, but there is a lot. And the defense did battle. I mean, the the prevailing thought was after that muff punt, they all kind of gave up. Not really. Again, they they stopped him for a field goal. I think the next drive, they might have got points or something. They got marched right back out on the field because the offense went like three and out, and they shut them down, three and out. They they had like two, two maybe three more three and outs before the half was over. Many times with terrible field position. I, I think there was a, one time where they started again in Green Bay Packers territory and um, held them to a field goal, and that field goal was ultimately missed, so they got no points on that. So I know it's not what we want, but there definitely were areas that I looked at going, this is the best I've seen all year. Uh, it's weird because the, the run blocking, you know, the running wasn't really working, so the run blocking wasn't great. But there were still some things that like, you know, yeah, Tyler Davis messed up his block. And as a result, it only went for two yards and that sucks. Yeah, but everything else was great, including Tyler Davis. He just couldn't quite hold on long enough because he's a smaller guy going up against an edge rusher. He could, If he could have held him for like a second longer, it would have been great. Even the way he came across the formation and his body position, you know, he got his back to the lane and everything else, and he's holding on for dear life, and he just... 
on top of everybody else just doing exactly what they're supposed to do. DeGuara coming across the formation and smashing into a guy, and, and Mercedes holding him just long enough for DeGuara to get there, and then he breaks off and goes up to the next level, and he gets to his guy just as, you know, uh, whoever, Yash was doing a great job getting out in space and doing some stuff. Yash blocking two guys out in space. I mean, there, there were just, there were definitely things that um, you, you looked at and said, this is what we're capable of. If we'd stop shooting ourselves in the foot, this is what we're capable of. And it, it's, for the first time, I, I really honestly thought we might not only have a chance against Buffalo, maybe this will turn around. Now, there's no real reason to think that because you have to just completely stop shooting yourself in the foot and they're doing it just nonstop. And I think there are big issues. Again, I think the the Rodgers play calling and all that stuff is is a problem. And the drops are unbelievable and the turnovers and everything else. But uh, you at least look at it and remember, this this is a good football team. They suck, but they're a good football team. <laughs> And as far as the Jair thing, yeah, I, I generally agree. If, if, as long as you're playing fast and aggressive and trying to make plays, I, I'll, I'll be happier with that than being passive and just letting stuff go right past you. You know, if you're going to concede six yards because you're scared of giving up 20, I, don't, I think that sucks. If you occasionally give up the 20 because you're trying to jump up there and, and make a play, like, like Razul on that play where he almost got a pick, but he also almost missed that tackle, which would have, you know, he could have turned up the field or whatever. Instead of tackling him, you're going for the ball. I like that. And he did end up making the tackle, so it was okay. But be aggressive. Play fast. And if you make a mistake, fine. But don't just stand there. Anyways, sorry. That stuff's going to happen. I mean, I still think he had pretty good coverage uh, on uh, McLaurin there when he got burned for the TD. But we have to expect if we want him to play aggressive, um, there's going to be those plays, right? You're, you're going to get beat once in a while when you're playing aggressively. Uh, I don't put it on Jair or, or really any of the corners. I mean, Douglas could have came up with a few more, but I still think that the defense is playing with heart and we can't put it on on them. But I I did see a little bit of progression, I felt like, in the offense at the beginning and gives me hope. Um, Rodgers is obviously not playing well or anywhere near good enough for what we paid him, but again, I think there's something more to it. I don't think you win two MVPs back-to-back and then just have a complete drop-off. Um, yeah, I think the real issue is LeFleur's play calling and uh, just just either, either having a terrible game plan um, after the first quarter or, or just totally avoiding it after something goes wrong, so... I'm actually a little bit more optimistic. We'll see what happens. I really do think it is just a few things that could be turned around. The O-line is promising um, to see them make that change. Anyways, yeah, let's uh, let's hope we see something really promising in, in, in Buffalo. Not really expecting it, but anyways, have a good one. Yeah, I um, I, I will agree that I think it's play calling but I don't necessarily uh, think that it's Matt LaFleur's play calling. <laughs> I mean, it is. I think it is. But it's because they've had this collaborative effort to put, put together a game plan that includes a lot of stuff that shouldn't be in the game plan. That's my that's my thought. But I, I, I don't know. Um, it just feels like it's very obvious. And again, this isn't 100% of the problem. There's a lot of other issues with every other phase and facet of this team in this game. But there, there's a very clear issue with a certain style of playing that doesn't seem to fit the current roster that we have. 
They refuse to get away from it. It doesn't seem to make sense aside from one thing, and that is that there's one guy that insists that it's the best way to play football, and if guys will just execute it, we'll be taking things to a new level because he will not accept um, that it's not working, and we don't have anybody on this staff with a backbone or a spine to just put Rodgers in his place and say we're not doing that. I don't know that that's the case, but that is the thing that makes the most sense. Let's do one more call, and then we'll get out of here. Hey, Ryan, this is Garrett. Hey, Garrett. I just want to say that I'm going to refrain from criticizing this team anymore. All right. And what I'm going to do is just try to have a little faith, not in the team, not in the coaches, not in uh, the management, but um, in the league itself because right now Tampa is playing bad. San Francisco is playing bad. Um, The Rams are not playing very good. So – the, the parody alone, I have faith in that maybe it will buy Green Bay enough time to get things right. Yeah. I'm going to hold out hope that they can get it right because I can no longer go to this dark place and think that this is the end because it's really not. I watched the game finally on recording, and there was a lot of things that they did good yeah. in my mind, and I'm not trying to be over-optimistic. There was things that the defense especially did good. It just... Uh, it just kills me that um, Rezul was so close to getting interceptions. And, and a lot of those were critical. Uh, on one of the touchdown scoring drives, Rezul dropped a pick and Quay did too. And as much as you look at it and go, dang, that's a good play. It's still a pass breakup. It's seven points. And, and not only that, they had to stay on the field, so they're getting more tired. They didn't get off the field. You didn't give the, the offense back the ball, and they ended up wearing you down for about 10 more plays and punching it in for a touchdown. So those were pretty critical. And yeah, I mean, I think it mostly was good, but a lot of times it's just one play. You know, you shut them down on first down, shut them down on second down, and then they run for 27 yards because one guy, you know, Rashawn Gary, kind of bites to the inside, gives up the edge, and he he takes off running. One guy makes one mistake on one play in three, and it ruins everything. Um, And it's hard to sit there and go, defense sucks, or even Rashawn Gary sucks, because it's like, you know, the, the running back did cut to the inside. He wanted to be the guy to make the play. He's not supposed to, you know, do your own job. But, you know, he's he's trying to get inside and make a play. The running back then bounces back to the outside. And there are several plays I watched too where it's like, I don't know. I don't know what we could have done better. I mean, I understand that if this guy made a superhuman effort, you know, uh, Devondre on one of the wide receiver screens, he had two blockers to beat by himself. And if he could have done that, which he did actually, I think, on the next series, beat two blockers to make a tackle. But it's like... the. It's one thing to do superhuman awesome stuff, and that's great. But I can't necessarily be furious with you if you don't do superhuman awesome stuff, and sometimes that's just the way it goes. It's not that we suck. It's just that was a great play call, and uh, right you know, right call at the right time, and shoot. That's about it. And it just told me the defense is getting it right. Uh, they can't continue to play on the field as long as they do. But, but the offense, I don't have anything good to say about that offense that I saw nothing at all but the defense did play better so uh i'm just going to continue thinking in that line until uh i'm to the point where i just don't have any more words to express how i feel there you go have a good one right yeah i think that's i think that's fair you know it was funny i was watching i haven't seen the whole pat mcafee thing but um i think it was pat asked him a question about you know you talked about being close or whatever Do do you actually think that you're close and I remember thinking about it and it's like you know 
They are and they aren't. It depends what you mean. Are you talking about a timeline? Because if you're talking about a timeline, the answer is no. If you mean close in terms of like we're a week away or two weeks away, no. If you mean close in terms of like we're one play away, we're one inch or centimeter away, we're one bad decision away, you know, I mean, obviously not one, but on a, on a play-to-play, series-to-series basis, yeah, it's 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 fractions of an inch or fractions of a second that are making the difference. Simple mistakes, simple things, you know, drops, whatever. If you just clean up obvious, simple things, yeah, we're right there. We're right there. So they are close in that sense that, that you know, we're just, we're just a couple little clean this up, clean that up, better decision, better read, better throw away from being a serious contender. But on the timeline, it's impossible to, to answer that because I don't know. Are we a week away? Are we a year away? Are we 20 years away? I have no idea. I don't know if this ever gets fixed. So in a sense, we're close. And in another sense, no, we're, we're, we're infinitely far away because I don't think this is going to just get fixed. I don't know why necessarily, but I, I don't know. I don't know. It's just, uh, it, I thought that was kind of interesting. Anyways, I'm going to leave it at that. I got to get going, get some of the old pain medicine rocking, get to bed. You guys have a good night. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye.